How are you guys doing today? No, really. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good, I think. Uh, let's open our Bibles to the book of Titus. Titus. Yeah? We're going to start a new book uh, this week. And, uh, the book of Titus, that's right after First and Second Timothy. If you want to look in your index, you can, because it's not a book you turn to every day, perhaps. Now, by way of review now, let's, uh, let's talk about forgiving, because we talked last time in a, <clears throat> excuse me, it was a it's, a, it's a tough subject, isn't it? We love to talk about how God forgives us, but then we need to forgive others. Why? Because God has forgiven us, we, He calls us to forgive others. But it's not always an easy thing, we know that, and, uh, you know, people have hurt us, people, but the truth is we've hurt people too, right? We like to be forgiven, we like other people to forgive us, but, but to forgive others, it's not, you know, that's not so easy. But it's something that we're called to do, and we looked at that, it's a, and if you want to, you know, listen to that message again, you can do that online. Uh, two different ways, uh, either audio or, or, or video. But if we don't forgive, you know, we, we carry around the bitterness. We carry around the rage and the anger, and it's, it's not a nice thing. So, so to forgive others, it sets us free. Sets us free. And I, and I remind you about what it said here, you know, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And how did he do that? He did that, number one, at personal cost, right? It cost him something. He gave his life to be able to forgive. He had to die to forgive. And he did it for people who, un, who weren't deserving. And, and, you know, some of those people that we have trouble forgiving, the truth is they are completely undeserving. They don't deserve us to, to do anything for them. But we're still called to forgive, and Jesus still forgave us. And this idea about John 3.16, God so loved the world, why did he, why did he forgive us? Because he wanted to have a relationship and he loved us. It's simply love, agape love. So it's something to think about. And, and I don't know if, if uh, it's something that is uh, something maybe you're going through, you know, or maybe you have gone through, or maybe you will go through. It's, it's got to be one of the three. I, a few people talk to me about the tests. They like the tests that I read to you uh, the, the tests of, well, have I forgiven? And there were five tests this guy came up with. Uh, number one, what's the first thought when you think of that person? What's that like? Uh, number two, uh, would you be willing to help them if they needed help? Number three, uh, do you have anything positive any, to think about them? Any positive thought? Number four, uh, is revenge number one? And number five, do you want them to fail? These are kind of tests to see, well, have I really forgiven that person? 
if, you know, it's a good way to kind of check ourselves. So today, though, I want to begin with the, the book of Titus. <clears throat> now, can, uh, can, any, can anybody tell me what, what category this book fits into? What? Pastoral. Pastoral epistles. So only pastors should read this book, right? You guys don't have to read this book. Only pastors read this book, right? No, because, because it's really about churches. It's about the life of churches. And so really that's what this book is about. And, and, and what about uh, what other books are in the pastoral epistles? And what does epistle mean, first of all? Letters, just letter, that's all. You know, it sounds, it sounds more spiritual if you say epistle, though. So we'll just say epistle. But what are the other pastoral epistles? Some people say pastoral. What? Oh, it was him. I thought it was you, Gabe. I'm sorry. You're still tired from, from Six Flags. I know. That was Wednesday. You got to liven up here. First and Second Timothy, and we did those books here recently, right? And then we had Micah in between uh, those two books. But uh, really, Paul wrote these books to, for the care of churches, for, for leadership, not just leadership, though, but for, because we all need to know. And when I said, you know, that's only for pastors, that, that was not a joke necessarily, because if if you as the body of Christ don't know what, how a church should be, then somebody could get up there and do whatever they want to do. And that's kind of what happens sometimes because the sheep aren't instructed, they aren't informed, they don't know what God's Word says. So if, if things start getting weird, they say, well, I, he's the pastor, I guess it's okay. And the pastor is like, insane. And so... But if you don't know what the Word of God says, then you're, gonna, you're, you're just like sitting ducks, right? Amen. And congratulations uh, to Bella. She had a new duck today, or was that yesterday? No, today. Today? More coming. Yep. And more coming. <laughs> They're not sitting ducks. They're moving around, though. <laughs> so for us to know what God's Word says is important. That's why we read through. That's why we study. And, and we don't, you know, it, it isn't like every single uh, passage that we read and that we study here on a Sunday is like going to, you know, hit you between the eyes. I think the forgiving, forgiving one is something that I think should hit every one of us between the eyes. But different passages are, are more like building a foundation in your life, a spiritual, biblical foundation. And, and you're not going to remember every single message. You know, I, 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 it'd be nice if you could remember every message you, you ever heard, but I can't remember every message that I even teach, like much less here, right? But, but the biblical foundation and the passages that make up who we are as believers, that, that, that is important. So don't feel bad if you leave here and you can't remember a word I said. The Lord, by His Holy Spirit, will bring to remembrance things that He has said to you. That's what Jesus promised. So what did I just say? Just checking. We're getting there. So the book of Titus, let's uh, look at verse 1. 
we're going we're gonna to ask the question, you know, who was Titus, and then see some of the things that Paul said. But let's start at verse 1. He says, Paul, a servant of God and apostle of Jesus Christ, and then jump down to verse 4. It says, to Titus, my true son in our common faith. So when a, a letter's written, obvious, you know, it's from someone to someone. So here in the beginning of the letter, we see it's from Paul, who was Paul the Apostle, and we know a lot about him. We talk about him a lot, and he wrote a you know, huge portion of the New Testament. But Titus uh, is one of those who Paul worked with. We don't know so much about him. He isn't like, you know, you think of Peter, and you think of John, and you think of some of these other guys, and Moses, and some of the other characters in the Bible, and some of them were really characters. That's obvious. Uh, but Titus isn't someone that springs to mind, so we, we don't know a huge amount about, about him, but, but he was one of those who Paul worked with, and Paul, Paul liked just working with people. He wasn't one of these guys who just had to do it all himself, right? He was a, he was a team player, and Titus was one of those guys. Uh, can you think of any of the other guys that w- were associated with Paul? Anybody else come to mind? <coughs> Silas? <coughs> Barnabas, someone said, right? Mark, not so much Mark. It turns out that Mark did go on a trip with him, but he got, he got kind of, that didn't work out so well. Mark ended up actually spending more time with, uh, they think anyway, spending more time with Peter. So, uh, so basically those, one other, did, you, did someone say Barnabas? Yeah, Barnabas, Silas, Timothy, and Titus, although when you read like at the, at the end of the book of Romans, there's a whole list, like uh, scores of people that Paul uh, worked with and talked, that he talked about at the end of that uh, chapter in Romans 16. But these were kind of like the main guys that he worked with. And Titus is one of those guys, and obviously now we have this letter that, that Paul has written to Titus. And, and Titus, you know... He is a, he's a real person. He isn't just some guy uh, that, that uh, you know, but he was a real person. And, and we saw here in verse 4, it says that the first thing we, we see that Paul shares with us about Titus, that he looked at him as a son. He calls him my true son in the common faith, in our common faith. And, this, and that's what tied them together, of course, was the common faith, something that they had in common, and that tied them together. But he called him his true son. Now, why did he call him his true son? It's, it's, it's not sure. I think uh, he, we don't know for sure. Did, he, did Paul lead Titus to Christ, and, and he was like his father in the faith? That's possible, but we don't know that for sure. But there was something about this relationship that he looked at him just like a son. He's like a son to me, like a true son to me. And there's benefits to that, right? And there's also what? Responsibility. So Paul kind of had this relationship with him. And, and as we'll see, we're going to look at some of the other passages in, the, in uh, two other books about how Paul you know, interacted with him and, and kind of how he looked at uh, a guy like Titus. And I think it's instructive. I think it's, it's for us, again, to build this foundation of these people. It, these books don't just stand alone. In other words, they all tie together. 
And they, you know, it's, a, it's what was going on there in those days of the early church and, and who was involved and how did this all come together. It's important for us to know this isn't just a bunch of things that people threw together. No, they are tied together by the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, inspired these books to be written and how these people, like, were connected. It makes me think about the people here and how God is connecting us. I think of some of you like children. I, I didn't mean to say that in a negative way, I'm sorry. <laughs> children, no. I think of some of you like, you know, you're like my, like my kids in a way, and there's this connection, and, 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 but yeah, there's also responsibility, and I think what we're gonna see with Paul and with Titus, there's, a, there's this, this common need they needed each other, and we need each other. And as, as God knits our hearts together, we need each other. We're not this lone ranger kind of thing. You know, I, I, again, I realized, uh, you know, a couple of months ago that I really needed you people, and, you, you know, your prayers for me. I went to a memorial service. I have to say this uh, yesterday. I went to a memorial service, and the pastor, uh, he was really good, but he started, like, crying every five minutes. And, and I was talking to my daughter, and I said, you know, some, peop, some pastors are like that. She said, yeah, this pastor that, that, that she knows in Pennsylvania, he does that too. He cries a lot. And I go, gosh, I don't cry a lot, uh, but uh, maybe once every six months or something, but maybe I should start, like, getting emotional about stuff. But, but what I was saying was it, it makes me emotional to know that you people were praying for me and that, that you we're ministering to me. It's not just me ministering to you. That's like, that's, that's only half. We minister to each other, right? It's a, it's a give and take. It's a back and forth. And, and I think we need to realize that. One of the things about that is that sometimes we just want to receive, receive, receive. But do you know that you need to give, give, and give along with just receiving? Now, what form does that take? I don't know. Maybe it is just when you say hello to somebody here on, on a Sunday morning and, and some of you say, oh, don't do that. Please don't make us do that. Because I don't want to say hello to somebody. I feel, you know, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Awkward. Some of you know what I'm talking about, right? Now, listen. Uh, I'm not going to... You know, if you're here for the first time, I'm not going to make you stand up and tell us where you're from. And, and uh, you know, can you, can you start tithing or something? You know, I mean, I'm not going to make you uncomfortable that way, but to say hello to somebody next to you, like, that's just a little connection. That's all that is. One, because we don't normally like to reach outside of ourselves and make a connection. So a little bit of help is okay, Right? Okay, so can you say hello to somebody right now? The person next to you? Just say hello. It's like not that hard. See, it's, it's really not that hard. So he was like family. You know, a son is like family, right? And that's really what the church is. It's family. We are like a family. And families, you know, don't always, you know, see eye to eye, right? Sometimes in your family, I don't know about in your family, sometimes you don't, you know, you have hard spots and, and, 
but you need to stick together as a family, and that's what we need to do too. So let's have a look and, uh, and see what we can gather about this guy, Titus. First of all, we're going to turn back to Galatians, and, uh, and then we're going to go to 2 Corinthians after that. But let's go to Galatians. So turn back, uh, what, about four or five books, right? Not too hard to find Galatians. And Galatians chapter 2. It says in verse 1, 14, year, 14 years later I went up again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas, and I took Titus along also. And I went in response to a revelation and set before them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles, but I did this privately to those who seemed to be leaders for fear that I was running or had run my race in vain. Yet not even Titus, with, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised even though... He was a Greek. So this tells us a couple things about Titus. One, Paul decided to bring him along with him. He, he liked having Titus with him. He, he liked to do things together with him. And, and this is kind of an important meeting, too, you know, when they were talking about uh, the gospel. And the gospel is how do we become believers? How are we saved? How are we, how do we enter the family of God? And and there, were, there was a whole faction uh, who were called Judaizers. And what, what that means is they, they were saying, yes, to believe is how you will be saved, if I can use that term. But you also need to follow the law, the Old Testament law, Right? And so that's what Paul is talking about here when he says, Titus was with me, but he was not compelled to be circumcised. So they, they were realizing, and, and, and throughout the history of the church, this has been a big deal. How does a person uh, receive eternal life? And I think part of the problem is that we as human beings, we like to take credit, we like to do something, we like to earn, Right? But, we're, but salvation is by grace through faith. It's something that we receive. It's a free gift. But there were people in the church there who were saying, yeah, that, that part's true, but you also, to be saved, you need to be circumcised. You need to follow the law. You need to do everything that it, that it talks about in the Old Testament law to, be, to have this salvation. So we see here... Uh, a couple things about Titus. One, that he was there during this time, during this discussion, during these things that were happening, he was there. This is deep stuff. This is hard stuff, difficult stuff. But Paul also was not afraid to have somebody who was different than him. Right? Paul was Jewish. Titus was a Greek. In other words, he was a Gentile. He was not Jewish. That's what the word means. So, so he was not afraid to be with people who were not like him. And sometimes I think for us, you know, we, we just like to be with people that are just like us. But Paul said, you know what, I, I, I want to reach people. I want to reach all kinds of people. So he was there with Paul, Titus. That's the first mention that we have of, the, of this man, Titus. At a... A different point, Paul, was, uh, Paul sent Titus to 
the church in Corinth. And if you know anything about the church in Corinth, they had a lot of what? I didn't hear that. Thank God I did not hear that. They had a lot of problems, right? Corinth, when you read the book of 1 Corinthians, it's problem after problem after problem, and that's what Paul had to deal with. Paul sent this letter to the Corinthians. 1 Corinthians is dealing with all these issues in the church. But Titus was also there. Paul sent Titus there to help, to help deal with some of those problems that were there. And so now we pick it up, now turn back just one book to 2 Corinthians, and let's look at chapter 2 first. One book back. And Paul is wanting news from Corinth, and, and Titus was there. Well, let's look at verses 12 and 13. <clears throat> uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. It says, now when I, that's Paul, went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ and found that the Lord had opened a door for me, I still had no peace of mind because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them and he went on to Macedonia. That's, that's, that's kind of a radical statement here. Paul, the, the apostle, he loved preaching the gospel, right? And there was an open door for him to preach the gospel and it says that he had no peace of mind, and he left. There was an open door, and he left an open door. Why? What does it say here? It says why he left. He said he had no peace of mind because I did not find my brother Titus there. You see that? I said earlier, we need each other. Paul needed Titus. He, he, he wasn't comfortable. He wasn't, he wasn't free to do what he needed to do, what he, what he had an open door to do because he, he needed the support of Titus. Now, the, the other side of this, too, is that, that he had no peace of mind because he was worried about what was going on in Corinth and he, and he was waiting for news to hear about what Titus could tell him. He couldn't, you know, they didn't have cell phones, so Titus could say, hey, it's really happening over here now, everything's cool. You know, send him a text message or whatever. So until he actually saw him, he couldn't hear what was going on. They could send letters, but that was like harder than actually going there yourself. They needed each other. Paul needed him. Titus needed Paul. We need each other. I need you. You need me. We need each other here, and, and, and there's something about bringing peace of mind. He said Titus wasn't there, but notice he calls him his brother. He called him his son, right, in Titus, and now we see he calls him his brother. You're my son and you're my brother. Now, how does that work out? How, do, how does that happen? Again, it's the family of God, right? This is God's family. Some of you are like sons, but you're also brothers. You're also family, Close family, sons and brothers. Let's jump ahead to chapter 7, right? Chapter 7, 2 Corinthians, verse 5. He left Troas, right? He says, I have no peace of mind here, so I'm going to leave. There's an open door, but I'm going to leave. And where did, he, where did it say he was going? To Macedonia. So look what it says here in verse 5. 
For when we came into Macedonia, this body of ours had no rest. But we are harassed at every turn. Conflicts on the inside, fears within. He, he got to Macedonia, and was it any better there? It wasn't any better there. Makes me think about, you know, this, this saying, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. That, and I'm not saying that's right in this particular case, but sometimes we think, you know, if I only change where I am, it's going to be so much better. If I only change churches, that's, I'm going to be so much better. That guy, he's crazy. He made a say hello to somebody. I mean, can you believe that? I just want to get there, do my time, and leave. That's all. I don't want anybody to look at me. Ask me anything, talk to me. So, but notice Paul said, Paul is very honest too about who he is and his life. He says, We were harassed. Again, he had no rest, harassed at every turn, conflicts on the outside, fears within. He was honest. He, Paul had fears too. We sometimes, you know, magnify these people in the Bible like they're like super saints or something, and then we think, Oh, I could never be and do, I could never. But, but Paul, he, was, he had all this fear, he said, fear inside. Any of you ever get fear inside? Some of you have fear right now for something that's going on in your life, perhaps. But look at verse 6. This is incredible when I think about Titus. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus. And not only by his coming, but also by the comfort you had given him. He told us about your longing for me, your deep sorrow, your ardent concern for me, so that my joy was greater than ever. Now, ultimately, it was God that comforted him, right? It was ultimately God that ministered to, to, to Paul, right? But who did he use? He used Titus, right? Titus was there in Corinth. Paul was worried about Corinth. He's, he was, he, you know, he was really, because Paul had to, had to speak in that first Corinthians letter. He had to speak very strongly to them. So he was worried, you know, like he didn't, he didn't want to just, you know, be the heavy guy just for the sake of it, right? He wanted them to grow, and that's really his whole goal. But he was worried about how they received it. How did they take that letter? And, and so Titus came, and he gave him the answer. But God comforted Paul. He comforts the downcast. And he comforted us, he says, by the coming of Titus. By the Titus coming and being there with them. You get what I'm saying about needing each other? Paul, even Paul the Apostle needed somebody. He needed help. He needed encouragement. And Titus came and encouraged him. He encouraged him by his life, by what he had to say to him, by the news that he had. We need each other. We really do. God used Titus. And I really believe that God uses us in the lives of other people. How many of you can think of a situation where somebody came along in your life and they, they just were, were there at the right time and they just, they just said a word, not, not even much, they encouraged you somehow. When you're ready to quit, you're downcast, perhaps. You are being harassed at every turn. And there's someone saying, you know what, we're going to get through this. We're going to be with you. We're, we're, you don't have to do this all on your own. We're, we're in this thing together. And I think we need to support each other like that. And I think we do to a, to a great degree.
what about verse 13? Jump down to verse 13. It says, uh, let's see, where am I? By all this, we are encouraged. In addition to our own encouragement, we are especially delighted to see how happy Titus was because his spirit has been refreshed by all of you. And I had boasted to him about you, and you have not embarrassed me, but just as everything we said to you was true, so our boasting about you to Titus has proved to be true as well. And his affection for you is all the greater when he remembers that you were all obedient, receiving him with fear and trembling. So Titus was ministered to by the Corinthians too. Right? You see how this works together. Titus, it says, how, look how happy Titus was. And his spirit had been refreshed. And, and then he comes to Paul and shares all the good stuff that's happening and how the people in Corinth were responding to you know, the, the things that Paul had to say. He was happy. He was refreshed. He was received well. Titus was a human being too. Titus got happy, and I'm sure there were times when Titus was unhappy, when Titus was downcast, when Titus was having trouble and trials. How about chapter 8? We need to keep moving here. Chapter 8 and verse 23. Let's see here. He says, as for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker among you. He calls Titus his partner and fellow worker. See, Paul, Paul, though he was an apostle and he had this authority, he had this place, but he also looked at people and he says, we're, we're, we're together. There's no, you know, us and them kind of thing. We're all on the same plane, ultimately. So he calls him his son, he calls him his brother, he calls him his uh, partner, and he calls him his fellow worker. Our f- my fellow worker among you. That's kind of incredible, isn't it? This is the guy Paul's writing to now here. Uh, jump back to verse uh, 16 and 17 in chapter 8, because I think it gives us a reason why Paul looked at uh, Titus in this way, and, and he says in verse 16, I thank God who put into the heart of Titus the same concern I have for you. For Titus not only welcome, welcomed our appeal, but he is coming to you with much enthusiasm and on his own initiative. There we go. I think the reason Paul saw Titus in this way, there, there were things about Titus. And, and I, this, this guy has a, uh, quite the, uh, you know, what we know about him. And, and in these verses here, it tells us these three things about him. Number one is that he was like-minded as Paul. See that he said, he said that God put into the heart of Titus the same concern I have for you. He cared for those people. And so Paul could say he was a partner, he was a fellow worker. Why? Because he had a heart for the people. The second thing was that he had enthusiasm. He is coming to you with much enthusiasm. See, Paul is going to send him again to them. In fact, he's going to be bringing this 
uh, letter, the second letter, uh, he's going to be carrying it to the Corinthians. But he was a guy that had some enthusiasm about serving the Lord. Sometimes we serve the Lord and we don't have a whole lot of enthusiasm. Oh, I got to do that. But Titus, this guy, he got excited about it. It was okay to get excited about serving the Lord and about doing something and about caring for people. That's, I, I, I want to hire this guy. I don't know about you, but if I could choose somebody, I would choose this guy. Look at him. And, and the, the third thing about it is he took initiative. He had, his, he had initiative. He took it on himself. He was going to go at his own initiative. There's something about initiative, right, that, that I'm going to step up and do something and not always just wait for somebody to come and ask me to do something. I'm going to take a little initiative. I see there's a need there. I see there's something that that maybe I could do, and let me ask if I can get involved somehow and, and do that thing. There's something about initiative. Uh, the Bible school director, when we went to Bible school, he always had these uh, sayings, and, and he talked about serving the Lord, and he, he talked about these three things. He, he said, uh, you need initiative, creativity, and sheer dogged determination. So you could have initiative, but you need some creativity too. You need to figure out and, and find some creative way to do things, but also you need to be determined. He called it sheer dogged determination. You need to stick it out, right? Just keep at it. That's something about Titus that we see there. I see these things, uh, you know, they speak to me about about my own life and my own serving of God and, and, and to question, well, do I, do I have that same heart concern that God put into the heart of Titus, that God put into the heart of Paul for people? You know, it, it comes from God ultimately, right? It doesn't necessarily, I, you know, I just have this great love for everybody and that's why I do everything I do. The truth is we're all pretty selfish, right? We're all pretty self-centered, but for God to put it into our hearts, right, to care about people, to have a little enthusiasm. Can, can you get excited? Can I get excited about something? Maybe I need to get excited. Maybe I need, need to get more emotional and cry a little bit more. Let me think about something here. I'll try it right now. But there are some things, you, you know, you need to take some more initiative, and I need to take a little more initiative to to do certain things. Titus was like that. I want to be like that. I want to learn from him by reading here what, what God's Word says. Titus. Now, in the book of Titus, we, and I mentioned that Paul sent him to uh, Corinth again to bring this letter, the second letter, but now getting to the setting of the book of Titus itself, at some point Paul either left Titus or he sent Titus to the island of Crete, right? So let's turn back to, uh, to Titus again. Again, so it's about five books ahead now, right? This, this book, Titus, and we're not going to cover a whole lot here now. We're going to wrap this up here pretty quick, but... But Titus now is, in, is on the island of Crete. 
If you look down to verse 5, he says, the reason I left you in Crete, so it's possible he left him there. He was there with him. But he was on the island of Crete, and, and does anybody know where Crete is? Middle of the Mediterranean Sea, yes. Right, it's an island of Greece. It's the biggest island. Greece has a bunch of islands, but it's the biggest island of Greece. And so Titus is, in, is there, and it's a, it's a pretty big place. It's a pretty big island. They have, like today, there's about 700,000 people living there. So it's big enough to support uh, a lot of people. But Titus is now working in this island and he is there, and, and Paul is writing to Titus to help him, to, to guide him, to, to tell him what he needs to do and instruct him about this. Now, I want to say to you about this, this, this island of Crete, it was not an easy assignment. Now, the people in Corinth, that's what, that was not an easy assignment either. There was a lot of problems there, a lot of trouble there. But, but look, I want you to look at verse 12 and 13 in Titus chapter 1. Why do I say it wasn't an easy assignment? Verse 12, even one of their own prophets has said, Cretans are always liars, evil brutes, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. <laughs> This is, where, this is where Titus is now working. They're always liars, evil brutes, and lazy gluttons. I, I thank God that uh, that is not true of you folks. For the most part. I have seen a few potlucks I don't think I'm going to say any more. <laughs> but for some reason, Paul thought Titus could handle this assignment, right? To deal with these, the people there, this, this group of people, this island. And so he leaves them there to, to do some work to straighten, straighten out some things, which we're going to get to uh, later, but not today. Look at verse 1 again. Where does he start? And this is where we're going to finish today. Verse 1, Titus 1, chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, a servant of God. The first thing that Paul says, says to him, and it's really part of his greeting, but I think Paul, and, and the Word of God does, doesn't have indiscriminate words just placed there. He, he says, Paul, and he's speaking about himself, a servant of God and an apostle, he does add. But the first thing he says that Paul was a servant of God. That's the first thing Titus would see when he read this letter. Paul, a servant of God. If Paul's going to teach Titus anything, it's to be a servant. If God wants to teach us anything about serving him, and again, this is for all of us. This isn't just for people who might enter the quote-unquote ministry. It's for us to be servants. Can you be a servant? What did Jesus say about it? The greatest in the kingdom, what? The servant of all. The definition of a servant, one who gives himself up to another's will. One who gives himself up to another's will. Paul, 
a servant of God. Totally surrendered to God. God was his Lord. God was his boss. He belonged to God. This uh, verse I want to put up on the screen for you here, Acts chapter 27. Uh, He says it there. He says, Last night an angel of the God, whose I am and whom I serve, stood beside me and said, Don't be afraid, Paul. He's a servant. He belonged to God, and he served the God who he belonged to. The God whose I am and whom I serve. The God who said, do not be afraid. Paul, who we read back there, said he had fears within. Why would God say to him, do not be afraid, Paul? It's because he was fearful. So to serve God and serve others, Paul said in, in Romans, he said, he said, God whom I serve with my whole heart. And again, what is Paul beginning to teach Titus is, is, is this is what life is all about, is being a servant of God. Throughout the scripture, uh, people are called servants. Moses, Joshua, Samuel, David, Elijah, James, Peter, John, and Jude, all called servants. Paul calls himself a servant of God. That's what our first and foremost calling is to be a servant. Let's go ahead and pray. We'll pick it up next time where we left off. Father, I thank you for the body that you've given to us here. I thank you for this family. And, and Lord, we, we need each other. I thank you for the example of Titus that we, we would learn. And, and even as we study this book together in, in the weeks and months to come, that we would, we would find examples there. We would find encouragement. We would find uh, foundational truths for our, our fellowship and, and for our own personal lives. That we could encourage one another like Titus did. Lifting up the downcast just by being with someone. Father, we, we thank you for the opportunity that we have. We thank you that we're here today, that we're part of uh, the, the living and that you can uh, do things with us and through us. And as Val shared, uh, even in spite of us, that's good. Pray that you'd use each one of us here, that you would break down those barriers, those walls, Help us to truly become part of the body. Maybe show a little initiative, maybe some enthusiasm, maybe get involved some way and somehow have a heart for different part of the ministry, different part of, of what's going on in the world around us. Father, you can do it. You put that concern into the heart of Titus, the same one that you put into the heart of Paul. I pray you'd bind our hearts together, Lord. Put into our hearts a vision for this church and and that we would work together to serve you. That we we could say with Paul that we're, we're just servants. We're only servants. Just trying to do what you've called us to do. Trying to be faithful. Father, I pray also for Uh, maybe anybody here today, I don't want to leave without an opportunity for perhaps someone who's never found that 
life, that life in Jesus, and if that's you and you, you, you don't have to do anything, you don't have to earn anything, you simply need to receive that gift of life that Jesus has for you, that he gave his life so that you could have life, and all you have to do is receive it. Believe in him and receive it. You can simply pray with me now and say, Lord, I, I come to you. I need life. I'm dead. I'm lost. I'm without hope. I'm definitely without God in my life. I need you. I ask you, God, to come into my life. Jesus, to save my soul. Forgive me of my sins. And give me new life today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand together, shall we?